Hi friend, I'm Monique Scripp, and you are listening to the Fierce Identity Podcast, a podcast all about being fierce and confident in who you are so you can go out and make a kingdom impact. I'm a business leadership coach, and I come alongside women in business to help them overcome their roadblocks so that they can make an impact and an income. I do group coaching, speaking, and I'm the creator of the course Multiply for Network Marketers. For more ways for us to connect, you can follow me at Monique Script Coaching on Instagram or go to MoniqueScript.com for our email list. Sit back and enjoy the honest conversation. Hello, and welcome back to the Fierce Identity Podcast. You all are in for a treat today because I am so excited about our guest who's going to be on the podcast today. She is truly a leader of leaders. She was a former accountant for seven years. She is now a wife, a mom of two girls, a business mentor, a beach body coach, and she's also the host of the Dream It, Do It podcast. So Help me introduce our host, I mean, our guest for today, who is Molly Aslin. Hello, Molly. Hey, Monique. I'm so happy to be on your show. Thank you for having me. Yes, I am so excited that you're here. And I'm like, oh, our guests don't even know, like they don't even know the treat that they are in for because I feel like you are truly, like I just said, a leader of leaders and you are truly an example to so many people. And I think it's evident through what you've built. So share with us a little bit about you, who you are, and how you got into coaching. Yeah, so I have been coaching now full-time, well, full-time for about four years. I've been, well, no, probably five, almost full-time for almost six years. And prior to that, I was working as a corporate accountant. And so after college, I had my accounting degree. I got hired at, you know, a great company, large company in Minneapolis. And I really thought that that is what I was going to do for the rest of my life. I was like, okay, I got this. I checked this big box. I work really hard for my accounting degree. And now here I go, like, here's the next step. And so I really saw myself as, you know, the pencil skirt walking into a corporate office with a Starbucks cup every day. Like I just really thought that was my path. And like I said, I, I ended up doing that for about six years, but probably around year three, year four of it, I just started to have these thoughts of like, is this really it? And I feel like there's more for me, but I don't know what, like, I feel like I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. And I really shoved those thoughts down. I shoved them back because I was just worried about what other people would think. And for a long time, I didn't even tell my husband, Steve, I was like, this is just, this is what you're supposed to do, Molly. So be grateful for it. And like, keep your head down, keep going. And the funny thing is, Monique, like I was getting great promotions at my corporate job. You know, I was doing what, like my performance reviews were great. And I'm like, okay, I can see my path here. And you know, this is what I should want. But I think you always know deep in your gut, if there's something else for you. And I, I just always knew. And something that comes up a lot is like, well, I should be grateful. And well, I love my coworkers or I love my company. And those things were all so true for me, but I feel like they were almost handcuffs for me to like dig down in who Molly really was and make it and make a change. So I started coaching on the side, honestly, just to fill my cup uh, as a kind of a soul searching like 
fill the cup because I just had this fulfillment void. And so I was like, I'm going to start this. I have no idea what it's going to turn into, but low barrier to entry doesn't seem like it can hurt anything. So, so let's give it a go. And, you know, I had always loved health and fitness and just like women empowering women. So it was very aligned with my values. Um, but that's, that's really how I got into it. Yeah, that's so amazing. And what I hear in that story is really, and I know you haven't gotten into the, to how you transition, but really boldness, because I think for so yeah. many people, they feel that stirring, like they feel that something in them. That's like, okay, I know that I was made for more, but there's the fear of stepping into something because of all of the reasons you just mentioned, like, what if, what will people say about me? What will people think? Like all of these things. And there's also this level of quote unquote responsibility, like, oh, this is the responsible thing to do. And this is, yes. you know, the, the career that I worked so hard for, I went to school for, I invested all this time into. And I think there takes a level of boldness for people to pause and say, what if I were open to something different? Or what if that path looked a little bit differently for me? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So. Mm -hmm. I see fast forward to where you are today. You know, you have accomplished a lot with your business and, you know, there are a lot of coaches out there, but what do you think it is about you that sets you apart from other coaches? I think maybe what's different about me is I always say that I didn't have a super fast success, like fast start to coaching. And don't get me wrong, I had a pretty successful start. Like I was always kind of hitting the, the baseline minimums of what we're supposed to be doing as coaches or what's recommended. And, you know, I was showing up, but I didn't come out of the gates like running, sprinting. I, I kind of dipped my toes in and like months one and months two. And then month three, I started to feel a little more confident. And really from there on out, I've just always had the mentality of I'm going to I'm going to do it better than I did it last month, or I'm going to do, I'm going to be better than I was yesterday. And so that mindset has allowed me to just have a lot of joy with the process and a lot of joy with, with the business and a lot of fun, like figuring out the challenge of it. And so I, I really haven't, you know, experienced that, that burnout or, oh, this is like, this is getting too overwhelming or this is too much. Like, of course I have my moments and my days, but I've, I've been very, very steady. And I don't even like to say steady. I like, cause it's been a gradual, like increase of activity, increase of joy, increase of my ability to find other people like me, you know, just like kind of that marathon, not a sprint mentality, but at the same time taking really intentional action. Um, and, you know, instead of that starting and stopping, or I just, I don't, I don't allow myself to get in my head. It's just literally one day at a time. And that has served me really well, I think. Yeah, I think that's excellent. And you made a really, really great point about consistency, because I feel like that is one of the secrets to those who are successful is that they show up consistently every single day. And it doesn't have to be this, you know, huge amount of work that they put in, in a short period of time, it's really that long-term commitment and that yeah. consistency of I'm going to show up every single day. And even, you know, I love following you on social media at Molly. And I feel like you have really been inspiring with your recipes, you know, in the last, <laughs> um, 
couple years, I've just noticed you've been really great about sharing just tips and just practical things for people such as, you know, you have like your breakfast egg bake that you make yeah. and you talk about, I've heard you talk about consistency, simplicity breeds consistency. Yes. And I think that that's such a phenomenal point. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I love that phrase. Sim simplicity, simplicity creates consistency because I'm just a big believer in habits and making things like more simple for yourself so that you do them. And, you know, I think we can apply this to our health and fitness for sure. Like with the morning egg bake that Monique is talking about, it's a very easy recipe that I like to make on the weekends. And then my family eats it throughout the week. And it's like an easy breakfast staple for us. Likewise, you know, when you learn to make your business activities simple, and I'm, you know, I'm putting that in air quotes because I understand it. It's not always going to feel simple. It's just like a workout. Sometimes you have to kind of like, just get yourself to do it through discipline, but you do that long enough and it becomes part of your identity. And so when I sit down to work my business, it's like, well, this is just part of who I am. It's what I do. And nope, do I like every little, every little thing that we do with coaching? No, some of it's, some of it's gritty and some of it like takes a level of discipline, but I really enjoy about 90% of it. And, and I've really made it part of my identity so that even on the hard days, it's, you know, it's part of me, it's part of what I do. It's part of who I am. And so that's why I like that, mo that motto, because if you make habits simple and that the only, the only way they become simple is through doing them, getting yourself to re like repetition, it's like a skill, then it becomes part of you, it becomes part of your identity. And then it, it, it doesn't go away. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. I feel like for those who are listening, you know, they could really get so much value from that. Just like the little things that you show up and you do. And I like what you said about it becomes your identity. And yeah. that's so true. You know, if you think about someone who says like, I go out and run versus someone who's like, I am a runner, like your identity yes. is associated with the habits that you want to create. So one of the things I think often goes overlooked is when people see someone like yourself and they say, okay, Molly is already successful in her business. You know, it's probably come really easy for her. And I think people aren't aware of the amount of resistance that people have to walk through in order to achieve a certain level of success. Or maybe people are listening to this and they're like, man, I'd love to start coaching. I'd love to, you know, be able to start my own business, but they don't recognize, or they're not aware of when you get into entrepreneurship, there's a lot of pushback. There's a lot of rejection. There's a lot of internal work. There's a lot of people who don't agree with what you're doing. So yeah. how are you able to overcome that? Yeah, I think there's like, this is kind of three buckets, Monique, of, of just overcoming what you're going to have to come overcome by stepping into entrepreneurship and honestly, really anything new or different. Um, and the first bucket is that worry. I'm too worried about what people think. And Monique and I have, I, I've worked with Monique one-on-one -on -one and we've had several discussions about this because I just grew up in a very traditional family with, you know, traditional lines of work. And so me stepping out to do my own thing and to not have a pencil skirt and be an accountant, it was it was very different for my family. You know, I was kind of like the oddball, like doing this thing online. And yeah, that came with resistance. You know, I always tell the story about how my mom, who is now super supportive, she was like, you know, Molly, I think you should start a separate social media account and like 
make sure nobody sees it essentially is what she told me when I was starting. And that I laughed funny. I know she's like, I just, you know, you don't want to be annoying. Like too many people are seeing your stuff. And I'm like, well, that's kind of the point mom. Um, so, and I laugh about it now, but at, you know, seven years ago, that conversation rocked me and it paralyzed me for probably a week or two. I was like, am I annoying? Should I not be doing this? My own mom like says I shouldn't be. <laughs> and I think that's a common story that a lot of people have. And it might be with a spouse. It might be with a best friend. And you have to know that a lot of times that these concerns from family member or friends, they just come out of a place of love, you know, and I understand there's haters and like jealousy and stuff, but for my mom, she was truly doing it out of a place of love because she hadn't seen someone do this before. And so just having a different perspective on it, on like, okay, thanks for the feedback, mom, but this is what I'm doing. But so there's that first bucket of that worry about what other people think. And then there's a second, and you just, you really got to plow through it and you got to pay attention to mentors who have gone before you. So more than ever, you know, I paid attention to people who were a few steps ahead of me, who were doing it in a way that I really loved and like those became my guides. They became the people that I followed, not to copy, but to, you know, or get in my head about it, but that's where I wanted to go. And, you know, my mom hadn't done what I wanted to do. And so you kind of have to dismiss those opinions and just put one foot in front of the other with that and move, move right through that worry. Like I would say action over anxiety. Um, but then the second bucket is hearing no, because you get into it. And then all of a sudden people tell you, no, that's not for me or no, I don't have the time. No, I don't have the money. And this can paralyze a lot of people too, when they're going into entrepreneurship, that, that fear of objection and having this assumption that, see, nobody wants to do this with me. Everybody's saying no. And it's like, well, you got to realize you're going to have to go through the no's to get to the yeses. And yes, we can improve our way of speaking and our, how we're asking questions and are we listening to our audience? You know, we can improve our skills on that front, but that's not going to take away objections. I still get them every day. And now I just like, I'm very resilient with that. I know it's part of the process. And then the third bucket of when you're entering entrepreneurship, I think it is time and understanding now that you control your time. And even if you're working a full-time job and you've got an hour in the morning and an hour at night to work your, your business that you're trying to create, you have to own that time. And you need to know what are my highest value activities that I should be working on to grow this business. But yeah, Monique, entrepreneurship, it is a different beast. And you know it takes a, a resilient, disciplined person to like rev the gas and kind of go around these obstacles that are inevitably going to come up. Yeah. Oh man, that's so good. I like took down several notes of things you just said, because I've never thought about it in terms of buckets, but I think that's exactly true. And I do think that you have to surround yourself with people who are going places. And if you look at people who are top leaders in network marketing companies, direct sales, they are those people who have worked through the most personal development, because I think in order yes. to achieve a certain amount of success, you have to be willing to be rejected. You have to be willing to not have approval from certain friends and family. You have to be willing to keep pushing past it in order to accomplish that and overcome your own um, object, you know, the things that you have been money mindset, like your own roadblocks, your own things that are keeping you stuck in order to achieve a level of success. 
So what do you feel like, because I know a lot of, you know, you have your podcast, the dream it, do it podcast. And a lot of the episodes that you use to inspire and encourage other people is really helping people to think differently about the dreams that they have, and then their willingness to take action on that. So what do you feel is the biggest thing holding people back from really living out their dreams? This is probably an answer that you won't expect, but I feel like we've taken the gratitude a little bit too far sometimes where don't get me wrong. I'm all about gratitude. I, I do it every morning. You know, I try to think about things throughout the day. Like I think gratitude is, is an essential characteristic of success and like living life in a meaningful way. But I think a lot of us, it's created this like learned helplessness where we're like, well, no, life is, life is good. I'm, I'm doing what I should be doing. And it's, it's busy. I'm checking a lot of boxes. I'm raising these little kids. I'm, you know, trying to get good sleep. Like we've just taken it so far that it's, it's almost paralyzing some of us who deep in our hearts, if we sit down and think about it, we're like, no, I don't, this isn't what I want life to look like. I mean, I still have this, like I have a necessity of no, like life is really good. And I know there's more, I know, like, I, I want it to look a little different and that's, you know, what I'm working towards. And so I think getting really clear on, yeah, but if you, if you took away the restraint of time or you took away the, the fact that yes, you need to pay your bills and make money. I get that what would you really want life to look like? And how can you start to design your work around that? How can you ultimately design, you know, a career around that? So I think that's it, Monique. I think a lot of us have settled and we get into this complacent zone and it's not that we're not busy because we're very busy and we're doing a lot of things, but a lot of times they're the things we don't even want to be doing. So that's, that's how I feel about that. Yeah. And I think you made a great point at the beginning when you said you were talking about your own job and you said, you know, but I I work for a great company and I love my coworkers. And like those things can be true, but you can also want more. And so just helping people see that it's okay for you to be grateful for what you have or what you've had, but also to dream bigger. Yes, exactly. So I know family is so important to you. I love seeing your girls And I know that you are building your business alongside your family. So how do you balance being a wife, mom, and a business owner? Oh, this is like the golden question, isn't it? Um, Well, I just always like to share that I don't have this figured out, you know, and I, I don't think any of us do. I think we're all like, oh, am I doing this right? Could I be doing it better? You know, they're only little ones, all these thoughts that we have as moms, um, But what's, what I do think works best for me, and I do think this is a very individual question because I work with so many moms, all with very different personality styles, different mothering styles. What works best for me is having, having help with my kids. So I have help with my kids about four days a week here as we're going to go into summertime. And for those four days, I, I like to have slow mornings with them. So a big reason why I wanted to step away from my corporate job was just to not be rushing out the door every day. And so I like, I have help with kids. Um, I like to have slow, I like to have slow mornings and then they do go to daycare um, four days a week. But when they're at daycare, I have that time to be focused and I have that time to like really use my creativity and, you know, not be interrupted and, you know, not feel like I'm, 
I'm doing a halfway job on mothering or a halfway job on building my coaching business. So that, that would, that works well for me, kind of compartmentalizing like each thing and, and not like trying to go back and forth between tasks. I know some people love going back and forth, you know, and I've, I've learned that in mentoring a lot of people. Um, but then the other thing is I ask for help for my husband a lot too. You know, we, we share a lot of household roles, household tasks. Um, and I ask, I ask when I need help. I, I'm a really open communicator with my husband and likewise him with me. And I just, I'm really open with sharing my needs. Like, oh, you know, I have a team call tonight. Do you think you could do bedtime with the girls? Like I need to like be at my computer at 8 p.m. Um, and I like to, we like to talk about things be before we go into every week. So on the weekend, we usually sit down and we look at both our calendars and our work calendars and the, the family calendar. And we're like, okay, hey, what's ahead for this week? How can we set ourselves up for success? And that took growing pains and, you know, having some moments where we're like, oh my gosh, this is hard. Um, and there still are those, of course. But yeah, just asking for help like delegating as my business has grown, I have, um, an ad, an administrative assistant that helps me out with a lot of things behind the scenes. Um, and she helps me create graphics and, you know, things that I'm not necessarily good at and that are more like they're, they're not value driving activities. They're important. My business needs them. Um, but they're not stuff that needs, that needs Molly on them at all times. So that's something I've gotten better at throughout the years too. And, and, and as my business has grown. So I don't, yeah. does that help Monique? Yeah, that's so good. Yeah. And really uh, operating in your highest level of genius, you know, is what that is. Yeah. Like, what are the things that only you can do where you offer so much more value? And I think that um, we have very similar routines as far as kids go. And I think um, something to keep in mind is often moms feel this sense of there has to be this equal, these equal hours of, well, am I spending this many hours in my work? And am I spending this many hours with my children? And I don't think it has to be that way. I think it's really more when you have that time with your children, are you being intentional and purposeful and focused on them? And then when you have that time with your business, are you being intentional and purposeful and focused in your business and those hours may not be equal, but that doesn't totally. mean that you're not being a present and intentional mom. Yeah. And I think it changes with the seasons too. You know, like summer is here now at the time that we're recording this. And I, I really like to unplug early on Fridays and go have family time for the weekend, you know, and enjoy the nice weather. Um, in the winter, I might work through Fridays because it's cold and dark. I don't know. And so I'm constantly like, looking at the week ahead and kind of going, okay, what needs my attention? Like, where, where do I want to make sure I'm extra intentional this week? And it ebbs and flows. And to your point, Monique, I think that's totally okay. Yes. Yes. So looking at your team, you know, you have built a very successful team with Beachbody. And one of the things that I admire so much in what you've done with your business is that you have developed a lot of leaders so I'm a fly on the wall in your hustle with heart page, just because I've gone live a couple of times. And so yeah. I see things come through and I had seen your last leaderboard and there were so many diamonds that you had developed. I was like, Molly is doing the dang thing. Like you are yeah. just developing leaders and it's such a phenomenal 
quality to um, a successful business. You know, somebody who has the ability to come in and to duplicate and to develop leaders on your team. So what would you say is your secret to duplication and being a great leader? Mm. This is like the golden question, isn't it? And now I'm, I'm thinking back, like, what is it? I, you know, cause I've, I've tried so many things throughout the years and I have been very consistent, but through that consistency, of course, there's times where I'm like, is this working? Like, what's, is this working? Is it not? And so I think some of what's happening, happening right now, what Monique is talking about is just the compound effect and the delayed gratification of like me being very consistent for seven years, you know, cause that all those diamonds, they didn't, they don't happen overnight. Um, but I think what, what else is happening within our team? And again, this has been ongoing is we've really created a culture of hardworking, high-performing women and some men too, by speaking about like the work that we really put in by speaking about the qualities that we have and, and just being really bold and forthright about talking about those things. Um, you know, so let me give you an example, Monique, like I have a, a, a paper, a notebook where I have written out like qualities that I want to attract. And, you know, it's like positive, hardworking, kind, forward thinking, open-minded, willing to take risks. And, you know, literally everything that I, that I try to live by and do, I, I try to live by those, qual those qualities. And then when I'm on social media or when I'm talking to clients or potential coaches, I'm speaking about those qualities and what, what has happened. I've, I've taught all my coaches to do this well as well. And so what has happened is we've really attracted, you know, people who are not just like, like us in terms of season of life or whatever. Of course, there's a lot of that, but they have the right qualities and they have the right characteristics coming into this. And then I believe you can, you can groom the skills uh, on anyone. Like the, the skills of coaching are not that difficult, but you've got to have those, those qualities like built in, built into who you are, I think to, to make you successful with it. So I think there's been, been a lot of that. And then Monique, I've just always taken the mindset of, I'm going to teach people as I go. I'm going to teach what's working for me as I go. So as a leader, I have always stayed in phase one, meaning I'm always doing the, the inviting. I'm always doing the posting, like our core activities of what we do as coaches. I'm always showing up for my workouts. Like I am, I've, I've never taken my foot off the gas with being in, in the trenches with everyone. And I do that so that I know what's going on out there. Like I can teach it really well because I'm hearing the same objections. I'm learning the same things on social media. Like I just, I think to be a really engaged leader and to have that duplication, you've got to be living it yourself. And so that, that is probably the biggest thing. And then just every day taking time to share my messages or share my posting plan, talk about, you know, what I'm doing behind the scenes with my coaches. They really like that. They know exactly what's going on with Molly um, besides just, you know, everything that I'm sharing on social media. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. I think it's great for people to have realistic expectations of the level of work that's required to achieve a certain amount of success. And that's kind of what I wanted, um, you know, for us to talk about, because, you know, oftentimes people think of, or maybe sometimes people 
um, show up on social media and they make direct sales, network marketing look like, oh, this laptop lifestyle, like, you know, sitting at the pool, building my business, like all that kind of stuff. And yes, you have time flexibility, but there is hard work that is required. There is consistency that is required. There's intentionality that's required. And it's not just, a, oh, I'm just going to plug in a little bit and have this successful business. Like it's showing up consistently over time and working when you feel like it and working when you don't feel like it. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's And that goes back to a marathon, not a sprint. And I've always been someone where if I need to get something done, it will get done. But I really like doing it when I want to do it. And so yeah. I think it, it can be such a, a healthy business for someone who is disciplined and they know that they're going to show up when they're going to need to show up, but they want that freedom and flexibility. And, you know, I feel like I've definitely gotten that over the past few years, but yeah, I, I have to be diligent in, in showing up, you yeah. know, most days, most days of the week. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I heard a quote that said, um, your hours are flexible, but not optional. You know, people yes. have the opportunity to work when they want to, but it's not optional. Like they still need to show up and need to get the work done. That's a great quote. So, so as we are wrapping up, I would love for you to share one of the things that I talk about in the Fierce Identity Podcast. And part of the reason why I call it the Fierce Identity Podcast is that in order for someone to overcome their roadblocks, in order for someone to achieve a level of success, they really have to have this fierce knowing and identity in who they are. And so I would love to hear from you about how do you see that play out for you? Like knowing your identity being vital in your purpose and what you feel called to do. Wow. That's like such a good, it's such a good question that you ask your guests, Monique. And I think the more you show up for yourself, as cliche as that might sound, but the more you show up for you, you know, whether it's with reading, with scripture, with taking care of your body through a workout, you start to uncover things that you didn't know before. And the, the more you do these things, like on repetition, and I'm not talking about for hours on end each day, I'm talking about, you know, for maybe 30 minutes to an hour every day, you start to uncover, like unpack who you are. And so over the last seven years, since I've really gotten into personal development and just knowing Molly more, yeah, I, I feel like I've gotten down to my roots and I'll continue to get down to my roots and you learn what matters, what doesn't. Um, you just become a lot more resilient of a person. And so, yeah, Monique, I think through my habits and rituals, I just, I know who that version of Molly is, you know, and it's, it's kind of funny because I feel like it's who I was when I was like a young child, but now like way more confident, way deeper, you know, I've lived a lot of life experiences now, but I think there is like a childlike person in all of us. And there's that quote, like, like be, be the person you were, you were before the world told you who you needed to be. And I think of, about that a lot and like who that like young version of Molly was before, you know, society kind of got in my head. And I yeah. think that's, I think that's who I am. And with a level of learning, growing, developing, because, you know, obviously there's a lot more substance to me now, but yeah. Well, yeah. And the, for those who are, you know, who are observing and watching and those that you're mentoring, they see that example modeled 
And it's like, okay, well, if Molly can do it, then I can do it. Like if Molly can have that boldness to go out and find who she's meant to be, then I can go out and do that. And even with, I know we didn't even get it all into fitness and all of that, but you're such an example with that of, you know, taking care of yourself, like being in really great shape, like having kids and still being in great shape, like all of those things that sometimes these moms or anyone, you know, feels like, well, I'm going to kind of let go of that part of my life, or I'm not going to make that a priority right now. But you are that example of no, like this can be important to you. And it's okay. Actually, let's talk about that for a second. Um, I think that, you know, you are such a good example of for that mom, who maybe has given up on taking care of herself, because she feels like I'm so busy taking care of kids. I don't have time for that, but maybe she sees you and she's like, oh, well, that must be nice. Molly, for those of you who can't see, because this is audio, Molly's in great shape and she inspires me when I see her on Instagram. And you're so consistent with your workouts. Like you post your workouts every single day. And so what would you say to that mom who maybe doesn't believe that she can get back in shape? Yeah, well, you can, you can. And that's a society thing too, where okay, yep, your body might not look like it did before kids, but maybe it's going to look better, you know? And that's the mindset that I really try to plant with a lot of moms because so many have this mindset of pre-baby body, pre-baby body. It kind of, it kind of drives me bonkers. I'm like, okay, yes. And like, what if it's better? Because your body does change, you know, you birthed a human and all of that. Um, But what I always remind moms and I remind myself of this every day is, Taking care of me, showing up for me makes everything else go better. And so I don't really even think of it as like, oh, I don't have time for that. You know, it's obviously become a daily discipline for me, just like brushing my teeth. But I just think of it as this is kind of the glue that's going to make everything else go better. I heard a quote once that's like, as a mom, you're the North Star of the family. And so I'm like, I just, I got to pour into me for a little bit. And sometimes it's just, taking a 20 minute walk outside by myself with a podcast, but it, it's amazing how like filling my own cup and putting my own oxygen mask on, it trickles into my husband, our girls, my calmness, you know, my ability to like stay calm when it seems like, Oh, this, these kids are crazy. It's, it's just like an investment of time in my opinion. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. So good. Yeah. And I think it just gives moms hope of like, you can pour into yourself and it can become something habitual. You know, in the beginning, there might be that struggle to make it a habit, but can, it can become a part of who you are. Yes. there And there will be that struggle in the beginning. You know, we have to normalize that too. Like you're not going to have it. It's not going to be like brushing your teeth. Like it is for me over the next seven days. It's, it's going to take some in and out, but as long as you're one foot in front of the other, you know, the progress over perfection is a real thing. Yes. Yes. So good. Oh man. So many great things that you said today that I am personally taking away that I hope those who are listening are taking away. So for those who are listening, if you are either have ever considered, um, starting something and you're like, I don't even know where to start, but maybe you've considered coaching or you've considered network marketing, please reach out to Molly. She's a phenomenal leader. If you are someone who is looking to get in shape and you don't know where to start with that, she can also help you with that. And share with us a little bit about all of the places that people can find you and how they can connect with you. Sure. So I'm really present on Instagram stories almost every day. So Instagram is a great place to, you know, come and connect with me. Molly.asplin is my handle there. 
Um, I have a website, mollyasplin.com. And then I did create, Monique, something that I think your listeners might love. It's a goal guide. And so it's a really tangible worksheet. If you like, you know, to print something out and have uh, something to write on, it's a nice handout where you can really prioritize the goals that you're working on and the actions that it takes to get there. And that's at mollyasplin.com slash goal guide. So I wanted to share that with your listeners too. Yes. And I actually downloaded the goal guide and I think Great. it's phenomenal. So awesome. I would say, yes, for everybody who is listening, please make sure that you download that goal guide and I will put all of that in the show notes. So thank you again, Molly, for being with us. Thanks, Monique. Thank you for listening to the Fierce Identity Podcast. I want to ask you to do two things right now. First of all, stop and subscribe to the podcast so you do not miss an episode. Secondly, go to moniquescript.com for all the ways that we can stay connected. Until next time, go and make a kingdom impact.